Hello and welcome to Tea O'Clock. With Kella. Bring your tea. And leave with more. Hello and welcome to, I think it's episode 14 now, because I remember last yep. time was unlucky. So we made it past that, although actually it was kind of unlucky because there was a few technical difficulties with that. We made it. And today we're going to be talking about Tenet. And the idea was it was going to lead into a whole big philosophical discussion about time and just all these things we don't have answers for. And I try to Google these questions in advance to have a list of things to talk about. And it, it just didn't really come up with anything. So we'll just see where that goes. It just came up with things like, why do we have lightning? I, I don't know. I'm not really sure I'd have the right science knowledge to, to say yeah. But apparently it said we don't have the answers for that, and I thought, surely we do. Not that I personally know. It was know. to do with, like, electric charges and yeah. electrons and something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I typed in trippy questions, and that came up with nothing either. Oh. So we'll just see. Also typed in, which character are you from Tenet quiz? Because we love to in those. There isn't one. There was one which matched you to a character based on your zodiac signs. We can see what we are based off of that, but I was very sad. So anyway, we'll see how this goes. Might be a bit of a jumble, but we'll have a good chat as always. Should we begin, though, with what we've been consuming this week? Yes, I think we should. So, Kerry, what have you been consuming this week? I have been reading Graham Norton's book, which, oh my god, what is it actually called? I can't remember what it's called. It's his first one. He's written three, and because oh, I oh, just loved his third one, and it's definitely not as good as the latest one. But he said that himself. He thinks he gets better with his writing. But it's about a village in Ireland, and there's a body that gets unearthed. It's not a murder mystery. It's more about the people in the town, and he just writes so prettily. I love it. What is it called? Google Graham Norton books. I have no idea. <laughs> and it'll come up. It's the first one. So, yeah. And what have I been watching? Oh, well, i tell you what I watched last night. Mark Commode, Secrets of Cinema. And I watched the one about pop music in movies because George told me to watch all of his things. I think she might have been speaking to both of us about it, talking about a series. Anyway. So I've been working my way through them with my dad and I highly recommend them. They're really well put together. And listening, well, I've just been on FaceTime to my sister and we did a Spotify listening party to her chill playlist. So I literally don't know any of the songs. I'm not cool enough to know them. So I had a very nice time with her this afternoon. But what about you? What have you been consuming? Well, I've been watching, I started watching Sex and the City. Because Erin <gasps> messaged me the other day. She was like, I started watching it. You should watch it. I think you'd love it. So I've seen like maybe the first five or six episodes. So. Need to... Okay, we're going to have a Sex in the City episode on this podcast. I mean, yes. This whole episode could just be me being like, oh my God, what do you think of it? But... So let me work my way through them and then we okay. can have Sex in the City. Episode. Well, I've only seen half of it. Okay. So we can maybe get to that point when, when yeah. you got to. Yeah, so that's what I've been watching. I've been listening to, well, upon your recommendation last week on my dog walks, I've been listening to the Showman's cast. How many episodes have you listened to? I've listened to three. Which ones? So I listened to the first one. I listened to the one where they had, oh my God, I can't remember the actual names. So I'm just going to say Mercedes and Kurt. That one, yeah, okay, that one, and then the one where they had 
Candice and I think her name's Kayla from Vampire Diaries. So I listened to that one as well. Oh, okay, yeah. But that's very entertaining. So I've been doing that. And then I've just finished She for the Lost Worlds modules. That was good. That's what I've been doing this week. I noticed Georgia gave it a five star review. So I thought, oh, that must be a good module. It was was good. It's a really good module. There's some really cool stuff we're learning about 19th century apocalypse at the moment, which is really cool. Oh my God. That's That's me this week. I'm still so excited that you watch Sex and the City because. Literally no one watches it apart from from Molly. Oh, and also I'm really upset. I've been saying to everyone because I left my Sex and the City DVDs. I don't have now TV. I left them at uni, and obviously I've not been there since right at the start of November. So I've not been able to watch them. So I cannot wait till I go back so I can watch more and we can chat about it. It is really good. I am really enjoying it. Right, we will get on to Tenet. And I didn't re-watch it because, to be honest, I forgot. But <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. But if I re-watched it, would I be more confused or less? I don't know, because there's just so many questions, aren't there? There are. All the way through it, I was just asking myself with all these questions. I was like, what? What's happening? I don't know. It's like if you look away for two seconds, you're gone. You've got no idea what's yeah. happening. Oh. So, on it, good luck to anyone listening to this who's not seen it, because... We've seen it and we still don't know what's going on. I was thinking, we're going to have to do a plot summary, but I was thinking... I know, I'm dreading it, I don't want to do it. I was thinking it's a really long, complicated plot, so I think a really basic plot summary. Let me think how to do this. Um, Are you going to do it? I'm going to attempt to do a really basic one, but then I also found an article on, I think it was Vulture, that gives you a really in-depth but easy to read plot summary of what happens oh my god is that the article where it's the first one that comes up when you google what actually happens in tenet because <laughs> I, think I, feel like so. I, I think i googled at the end of the movie like wait what actually happened and i think that one might have come up and i read yeah. it i would say to anyone read the vulture article called a beat by beat explanation of what happens in tenet because mm-hmm. that semi helps you yeah but i guess the very basic premise of the film is they're basically trying to stop world war three which is the future destroying the past because in the future they found some technology or made some technology that means they can inverse people so that they can travel backwards in time which is all weird because it's complicated because they travel backwards in time but when you're in the present you see them moving backwards which is weird but it's only the people who are inverse, not the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to stop because there's this algorithm thing that if they find all these pieces and they try and set it off as like a bomb, if they manage to do that, the whole world will get inversed, which means everything will just be destroyed. So they're trying to stop the end of the world. <laughs> Woo, that's, just read the article. And also, if you haven't seen the film, why are you even listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> I still recommend it. I thought it was a really good film. I mean, I don't have the answers for everything, but I think if you just let it go and just go with it, then I really I kind of accept it. I was like, okay, that's how it is. I'll tag along for the ride. I think they do try and put some actual scientific thought behind it, though, which Mm. is good. Yeah. Because they do that in Interstellar as well, which is another Christopher Nolan film, which messes with time, which is really good. You should watch it. Um. But they do a similar kind of thing 
with the science behind how time is all weird, but it's also loads to do with space as well. Oh, and also we should say that the main person in it doesn't even have a name and they're just called the protagonist. And you, you follow him throughout it. It's mostly just him. He's the main person trying to stop the world ending. But turns out he was basically behind it all. He was the good guy behind yeah. the whole Tenet thing. Because Tenet is the organisation. Mm-hmm. You find out at the end that he's the one who founded it in the future. But it's other people from the future going back to the past to get him to get involved. So that he would yeah. do it in the future. Oh, it sounds so confusing. <laughs> it's just hardest bit about getting it all to make sense it's so trippy with the time and when they're going back and forth and especially for me because I'm not visual at all I find it really difficult to imagine I know it's just the logistics or I don't know I'm literally getting confused thinking about it now but actually as soon as I finished the movie which was I can't even remember when I watched it I wrote down three questions I think that I still have wanted answered even after I read because I read the article and I was like okay cool I've got it but I still had these questions and I would like to know if you have any thoughts on them okay I'll try well my first one is how did SATA get the algorithm piece and I googled it and a lot of people asked this question and they had their theories on it and they were essentially saying that it all happened off screen and he had just gone back in time and got it way earlier on in the car at the airport. But I was like, hmm. Yeah, that is a fair point because you see him pass the orange case and whatever, that that all happens. And then he's about to like shoot her if he doesn't tell her where it is. But then he knew he was lying because he... I don't know, because the thing is, though, it's really hard to figure out who's on what timeline. Yeah. Because they get to a point and you're really confused who's actually in the present who's come from the future yeah and who's what and it gets really confusing especially in a lot of the movie was they in the second half they revisit the first half from their yeah. new time perspective and then you see the events unfold from the first half again but from like but in the other way and ooh, what's going on i don't know so but i'm not even entirely sure either how we got the piece. I think it was really complicated and happened off screen, but I still, I don't. But that seems a bit of a cop-out. I mean, they go through all that trouble and they don't even show us how he gets it. Mm. I don't know. If anyone's watched it that's listening, <laughs> help, <laughs> help us. Please send in your answers. Thank you. My next question is, well, I kind of have an answer for it, but I don't think it's a good one. And it is if the protagonist was supposed to die why did he go to the future because you know right at the end when it's Aaron Taylor Johnson our Pats and protagonist and they all take a bit of the algorithm and they have to go and dispose of it and then they say you have to kill yourself once you've done that and then obviously he doesn't kill himself because he carries on he goes into the future and then he sets up Tenet so was there not a deadline to when he had to kill himself how does it work I don't think so because I can't remember whether it was Aaron Taylor Johnson or R. Pats who said something about choosing the yeah. time you die, like choosing the point at which you die. Because that was said earlier on in the film by someone. Someone said something about choose. Maybe it was the guy who first said it when the protagonist first took the what he thought was a suicide pill oh, yeah. at the very beginning of the film and then gets roped into this tenet thing. 
maybe it was him who said something about choosing when to die but that same line is repeated by someone else at the end so I think the idea was the three of them just each take their part of the algorithm go live their lives separately and secretly without people knowing they have this algorithm thing and then either kill themselves straight away or wait till they're old and kill themselves and then that defeats the point though because someone could still come after him while he's yeah but thinking about it now surely something maybe something went wrong later in the future oh no 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 that wouldn't work i was thinking did something go wrong later in the future that meant Mm -hmm. every all the algorithm pieces were found which caused them to have to do what they had to do in the past yeah i don't know but then our pat gives his piece of the algorithm to the protagonist yeah being like oh yeah i don't need this piece you can have it we have a cool thing in the future see you later because he didn't want to die so why did he walk away because he was like oh this is the end of my story but just the beginning of yours and just walks away it's too much for me to comprehend I feel like I'm not intelligent enough to watch it I just because then I'm like well why did he I don't even know how to, you know you're so confused you don't know how to express your confusion like I can't even articulate what I don't understand <laughs> because the time gets so messy you don't know what's happening when or anything Mm. and then it doesn't help that our paths when they're doing the whole red and blue mission thing he decides to invert himself but anti-invert himself because he was inverted and he decides to bring Uh. himself back to going forwards to help them i found that end bit really really confusing i, I just really get what they were doing to be honest i think i've just realized something i think something's just come to me oh, you know when our pat gives his piece of the algorithm away and then walks off to the helicopter thing i think he then inverts himself goes down into the thing where the bomb was because he was the dead blue this guy. was my final question our pats was the dead blue guy yeah no this is what i didn't understand because right? the bag yeah, because my final question was, how did Neil not die when he went into the cage thing? Because that, that was the dead, he was the dead body in there. It's a weird time thing, because I think when he walked away at what, what was the end of the film for us, I think he then inverted himself to go down there and sacrifice himself so that they could stop the world ending. Because it oh. was the same bag, and it yeah. was him, I'm sure of it. Yeah, it, it was definitely him. That's what I didn't understand because I saw him dead in the cage. I thought, how is he dead? But he's now with. And then he was alive again. Yeah, so that must be it. He must have inverted himself. Well, this is literally, you know, that meme, and someone's got a map on the wall, and they're like, <laughs> and it's got all these different things joined together. That's us. I think those are my questions answered, but I'm still a bit like, whoa. Yeah, I know. I was trying to think what I wrote. Okay, do you know the bit where they were talking about the grandfather paradox thing? I thought that was such a cop-out explanation. They should have just not bothered having that part in it. Because I was like, that's just such a cop-out. That's just them saying we can't explain it. Yeah, basically. I thought, I I know that anyway, you don't need to... Yeah, it's a weird way that you can't explain it. I was lost from or just any form of explanation at all, so they just didn't need to try. I mean, even right at the start when he was firing bullets backwards, I couldn't work out. They when they did it when the second time when they went back, and then the whole thing that went down and what 
where were they? Oslo, the airport yeah. page, the art thing. And he was shooting bullets in. No, or was he taking them out? I was like, how they had all of the bullet holes along yeah. that. Well, that was so trippy because Neil knew that it was the future self coming back and he had to let him go. Like, what? That was so wild that when that happened. I know. And it, I guess it kind of makes sense that he didn't tell the protagonist because that would have oh, just yeah. been way too confusing for him. That was mm. so weird because oh, he knew so much all along. Yeah. I did think it was a bit weird right at the beginning, you know, when he ordered the drink for him. Yeah. Knowing straight away, I thought, that's weird. There's something weird going on here. Mm. But I thought he'd be some kind of double agent rather yeah. than on his side. Yeah, I thought he was a double agent as well. But the, I just found it confusing the whole time. Because it was the woman who made the algorithm. She mm. hid all the pieces in the past. Yeah. Hence why they were all in the past. And I guess why the whole, the big event of the end happened in the past rather than in the mm-hmm. future because that was just when all the pieces were found but surely because these guys now have all these pieces again this is bound to happen in the future again like the future beyond their future yeah it's like how do they, if they're fighting against the future in the past why are they not <laughs> in the future Wait, if they, if they stop it in the past, does that not stop it in the future? I guess it does, because the the future, the reason the whole algorithm thing was made in the first place is because the future was basically rubbish because of climate change and mm. everything. So they were fighting against the past. But surely, I, I really, I really don't so know. So what did they want to do? Just They wanted to destroy the world, but destroy themselves they would do it anyway because I think maybe they got to the point where they thought what's the point life is dying anyway we might as well just so who is paying say to to destroy it I don't know because I don't know whether there must have he must have been employed by someone but I think maybe it got to the point with him where he was just so caught up in it himself mm-hmm. he was like I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna ruin the world if I'm not here yeah. no one will be here kind of thing I find it confusing how the protagonist, he meets Neil, but he's from, he doesn't even, oh my god, what? So he's been in the past with the future version, and he goes into the future, but it's actually an older version, he doesn't know him. Yeah, because he was sent from the future to the past to find the protagonist and help the protagonist do his thing. Also, I've found it really strange casting because our Pat is the most conspicuous person. I just thought, as soon as he sat down, I was like, how are you escaping out with the first thing they went in to make? Like, no chance on. I literally... He, he does not blend in at all. I just can't even imagine him as a spy. I thought, that's just strange. Yeah, him in his little suit, having a lovely time having a drink. Okay. I mean, he was good in it, but I'm just saying, that's weird. Yeah. But, oh, and wasn't, oh, was she called the woman who knew about where the bullets had come from originally in India? What was she called? I can't remember. The the one right at the beginning who first yeah. wrote the protagonist, the inversion yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, she was only feeding him half the information or something. 
but it turned out that at the end she'd been working for him and then he had to kill her even though she was working for him I never quite got that stuff with her to be honest Mm -hmm. I never quite understood it and I also don't know why she was she wanted to kill the wife either yeah I don't get her role in it (laughs) this whole episode is just us going well especially me going I don't get it just being like you know this thing I don't understand it I don't know what happened is there anything we do get oh do you know what though there was the you know the bit where kind of later on in the film the protagonist puts on his his suit and everything ready to be inverted and he's bleeding his arm's bleeding and it's dripping out of his arm I thought that bit was a total setup for him accidentally bumping into his forward self and annihilating himself because you know how they had the whole bit being like oh you can't make contact with your forward self as your backward self because then that would just be complete annihilation I thought the blood thing was like a complete setup for his blood from his backward self going on to his forward self and him just dying but then they never used it and they never showed him bleeding again so I don't really get why they bothered Mm. with that yeah that's true because he was in such close proximity yeah and when he was fighting in Oslo that was supposedly Mm. he was bleeding out of his arm as his backward self so but then I don't know whether that's just because I try and see these set I watch films and I without realizing it try and see these setups and predict what's going to happen whether I was just making something of something that isn't really a thing or what I'm too confused to know now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny it's just basically Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban but on with, steroids yes I like that description on steroids with with no Harry Potter <laughs> uh, yeah with no Harry and no Buckbeak <laughs> otherwise there, so it's all good yeah <laughs> so, so. if we are so confused by it then maybe we should explain why we do actually really like it but i like do you know i really like it because it does make you think yeah and because even though as confused as i am i do get the general gist of it it's just i like to interrogate it and understand every aspect of it but overall i know what happened mm. and i did feel satisfied i'd say at the end of the movie so but I just loved that whole time my cogs were wearing oh my god right what's happening now where are they going oh my god that's her past self no way and I just I love in the second bit when they are in two timelines you can see them and then you realize everything that happened before like when she jumped off the boat and it was actually her whoa I yeah I thought it was really cool and I was super into it the whole time no same I like a good film that makes you think Sometimes there is a lot of satisfaction in watching a film where everything's nicely wrapped up at the end. And to be honest, this film does nicely wrap up everything at the end. But it also leaves you with enough, as we've we've discovered, a lot to talk about (laughs) and figure out. I don't know if you ever could figure it out entirely. I'm not even sure if the writers and the directors could figure it out. But I think that's kind of the the fun of it. It entices you. It kind of makes you want to watch it again because you think, well, now I know the basic premise. You'll be able to get into all the other little bits and pick up all the little clues about what people said or what people did. And I think it would be really cool to watch it again knowing. Oh, yeah. They had a really good cast in it as well. 
Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is the evil Russian guy. I was really surprised at that. It was good. I do quite like a film that kind of boggles my my brain a little bit. And Christopher no, I... Nolan has a few of those. Yeah, see, I've not seen any of his other movies, so I didn't know what to expect. I just heard that. Did you see that thing? I don't know if it was a meme or it was just in the news, but there was a headline that said that there were months at a time when Arpats had no clue what was actually going on. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I not surprised. They probably shot it out of sequence as well. So can you imagine how confusing that must have been? So confusing. So yeah. weird. And if you think about it, they probably shot, you know, the, when, they, when they're inversed and they're going backwards and you see them moving backwards. They probably shot that all in forwards and reversed it. Oh, yeah. That's true. It was more confusing for them. Oh, yeah. Well, they definitely did because they do the whole voice backwards thing, which always just makes me think of Twin Pete because the weird, whatever they are, evil things talk backwards. A weird program from whenever it was, maybe the 80s. Oh, my God, that reminds me. When I was watching the Mark Moe thing last night, it shows a little bit of Labyrinth. <gasps> and he, was say, he said the voodoo bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what Ella's going on about. Because as I said, I've watched it, but I couldn't remember that bit. But she keeps throwing back to our first ever episode when you were talking about that. Yeah, it just made me think of that. I don't know why. Speaking weirdly. Uh, would we like to see what our character is based on our zodiac signs? Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's see. Although I don't know any of the characters apart from Neil, the protagonist. Oh, what was she called? The person married to Kenneth Branagh. I literally didn't pick up on any of their names. I'm terrible. And who else was in it? And Aaron Haley Johnson was in it. it I don't know. I realised it was him. Oh. And then I was like, oh my God, there he is. It's him. I was thinking, lol, I saw you singing Ultraviolet. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> Never forget. You've grown up with Let me tell you about that time when I went to watch Godzilla in the cinema. And I don't know if it's just me, but I swear that he didn't do any movies or any, any commercial big ones between Angus and Godzilla, or I hadn't seen them. And it'd been a few years. And so he'd grown up so much. And I went to watch it. And then I said to my friend, I was like, do you know what? That really looked like him, that guy. And then it came out with the credits and it, it just was him. But I just thought he looked like him, not that it was. So I made myself laugh. But yeah. There you go. He's one of those people, though, who kind of doesn't look like himself sometimes. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just now looking up what films he's been in. Oh, he did you ever see Nowhere Boy, which is one of the many no. Beatles films? He's actually been in quite a lot, but I think a lot of them were little roles. Mm. But anyway, I love him. What has, I can't for life me remember the name of the protagonist actor's name because I haven't seen him in anything else what has he been in I don't know let's find out I love how you said that then (laughs) (laughs) also love how they picked um a palindrome name for it I thought that was really well fitted considering that is really cool did enjoy that oh John David Washington at the same time What has he been in? I haven't, I don't think I've seen any of his films, but I want to see Malcolm and Marie because that's on Netflix. It's meant to be good. Oh, he was in Black Klansman. I haven't seen it though, but I remember it being at the Oscars. Oh, yeah, with the Golden Globes, 
I was really surprised because it didn't really have any nominations. I don't even think it won any, but to start with, it didn't really have any nominations apart from maybe soundtrack or something. I can't remember. And I, I thought that John David Washington was really good in it. Yeah. And it is, it is weird that a big film, a big blockbuster film by a big director like Christopher Nolan was yeah. nominated. Because I hadn't heard of a lot of the films. Well, I mean, often I don't really know, actually, with the awards. But, yeah, even so, when you think not that many movies have come out compared to, you know, normal. And, yeah, we didn't really get a look in. No. I just thought it was interesting. Right, I'm just going to find my Zodiac sign. Oh, uh, yeah, me too, me too. Let me have a scroll. And now we can learn all the characters' names. Yeah. Is it just me, or are you looking at these people and you cannot even remember them? Some of them I'm like, uh, who? I don't remember Weeda. I don't even recognise her. Neither do I. What? Oh, what else has Elizabeth Vicky been in? Because I did recognise her. Oh, no, she was oh. Anna in Outnumbered. <gasps> oh, my days. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm pretty sure she's meant to be Diana in The Crown next. Oh, really? Oh, that she would be yeah, so that. good. Oh, my God. The screen grab they've got of Neil, I'm living for. <laughs> I forgot how much I... Oh, my God. Back in my Twilight days, I used to stand our hats so hard. I just loved him. Yeah. Seeing him in this movie. And because he was actually such a good actor, because I was cringing on Twilight days, I thought, oh, my God, go on. Yeah, he's yeah, trying to do it himself. Well, he's done so many movies that are quite indie or cult, I'd say. Also, I forgot, Himesh Patel, is that his name? Oh, wait, it says, yeah, it is his name. Oh, the one the one from yesterday, not that I've seen I Yeah, no, because I, I did watch yesterday. Yeah, I forgot he was in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, and Michael Caine's in it. He just had to have his little, his little cameo. Okay, yeah, right, so it, what does it say for you? Okay, I've got Priya, the basically the woman who we're not sure why he killed her or she wanted to kill the wife. Oh. I got her. Also, <laughs> oh, we know her name now. Yay. Yes. So it says, under the signs of the Zodiac, Scorpios are well regarded for their passion and courage, as well as their ability to make the best of a bad situation. It should be no surprise then that Priya is listed under the sign of Scorpio. She's not a straightforward villain in Tenet, but she does stray towards the negative side of the story. Her courage primarily manifests in acts of terror against the characters easily rooted for. What does that say about me? (laughs) That you're brave, essentially, which I would agree with, so that's nice. What you? What? It says I'm Volkov. I don't even know who that is. Who, who, I? Oh, look at the picture. I still don't know who it is. Well, it says he's a bodyguard. Who's bodyguard? I don't know. Okay. Very well. Well, it says that Aquarius is most strongly tied to the character trait of being uncompromising. Okay. Is that all it says? I can't even find anything out about his character. Well, he seems to be evil. Maybe he's the bodyguard for Sata. I don't know. I think he is on the bad side. Oh, my God. I will make a compromise. I really don't like 
I don't want to, you know, hurt anyone's feelings. I think he's the one who fights Neil when the yeah. gate's locked by the bomb. I think that's him. Okay. Also, whenever I think of the name Neil, I just think of Neil the baby in Gavin and Stacey, which obviously I know you haven't seen, but James Corden is actually called Neil, even though he's called Smithy. But anyway, so I was just thinking of that and I was like, lol, that's funny. Sorry, I just started reading this Reddit thread about how they managed to unlock the gate by the bomb or whatever. Oh. It's very confusing. I also have it up on my screen. I Googled beforehand. I was like, what questions do people have about Tenet? Maybe we can answer them. I don't know who I was kidding. And I'm looking through this list and I was bringing up even more questions. And I actually, I just, I was so confused. Oh, it said, can the future attempt to sabotage the timeline again? I think that's what I was getting at. It probably could because now they've got all the pieces of the algorithm. I know they're going to go take them into the future and hide them, but surely by them still being in existence, it could happen again. So why don't they just destroy them? Or can they not destroy them? Do they not want to destroy them? I'm just going to park that. I'm not going to attempt to answer any of those questions. I don't know. And my plan was for our springboard off into our deep chat. The main thing I was thinking about, about this film, was time is literally just so... What? This whole concept of time... Because, well, actually... Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the module I'm doing at the moment because it links into what I've just been reading about. So I'm doing a module about an archaeology and post-colonial nations. And we've been looking at mainly the rock art uh, well, and also the cultures and traditions of lots of different indigenous groups across the world. And we were looking at cultural appropriation last week and we were talking about how it's difficult for these indigenous groups for their symbols or their artworks to not be appropriated for them to have protection because say if we have copyright laws in say in western countries that in our tradition I don't know how to explain very well but if we can go through the law and say after 70 years this work is now available it's interesting because in a lot of indigenous groups they don't have the same concept of time necessarily. For example, with their paintings, I don't want to homogenise, but often they're seen as quite active and part of a process and they're related to their ancestors and spiritual beings. So there can't be a time limit on them because they're still active paintings. They're not just part of a static gallery. I feel like I've not done it justice in explaining, but I just mean that it's interesting that we have completely different concepts of time and that can't be applied to that piece of artwork and we can't say oh it's been 70 years don't have rights over it anymore because they argue that that time is meaningless but it is isn't it because we literally decide yeah like, when it's time. like we've made the whole idea of time up time is a construct i mean just look back at all the different changes that the calendar has been through mm-hmm. and there isn't even just the one singular calendar even the fact that i guess one of the guess, main most obvious examples if you think about the new year like January the first new year but also the whole Chinese new year that messes with time and just all of the I don't know all the different names of all the different calendars that there's been what I know this Gregorian is that what we're on I think that's what we're on but then there's all the issues with the one that we were on before and when it changed it changed certain dates so I remember when we were doing early modern stuff last term some of the dates of the publications they were slightly different or they were like oh in modern day this would be however many tens of years later because of the shift in the calendar yeah so it's time is 
weird because time is called a construct but also it's a dimension as well i'm pretty sure time is like the fourth dimension or something don't quote me on that but i'm sure it's dimension in some shape or form and also i realized with this module i just i don't know why but i've always thought of it as i think of humans being around for say like two thousand years because in my head, I think of, well, I, obviously there's BC. We don't really look at that much stuff that's happened in the BC years. Well, I guess it's Greek and Roman, but they overlap and go into AD. So I think, and I, I know, I tend to think, like, oh, it's not that much before. I think a lot of what we study is after, but everything is AD. But then, oh my God, when I've been on this module, we've literally been looking at stuff that's 65,000 years BC. And it's actually confusing because I feel like we have a past past. That we don't get thought about. It's actually confusing that we have BC and then zero and then AD. Oh, but actually, apparently archaeologists, they like to use before present day, years before present. Oh, okay. How they explain it, which makes so much more sense because I think that's what makes me get confused is that in the past I was thinking about it, like why do we have a zero in the middle of the past? it makes me think like starting again yeah you know it's so weird because there's so much of history and everything that we just don't learn about don't get taught about like we're only really taught stuff from the past 500 years it's weird because i'm sure we've applied the whole bc and ad thing we've we've applied that to the past as a way of measuring it but who knows whether they had a measurement of time I don't know, it's just really weird. It just well, everything being digitised, how was there a consistent way of marking time? Well, I know they used the sun, but how, I don't know, like say from the year when, when was it decided that 1 AD was 1 AD? I don't know, and how did they keep up having, what did they think the date was or the year? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, because I don't know whether it's it's just our, christian westernized mm. thing that the whole because of course bc before christ ad mm. after death i know there's like actual like latin words for it but mm. so that's like applying religion to time mm. to separate it which seems weird mm. in itself because when was the bible even written i mean i'm pretty sure it wasn't zero ad i don't know well, that i fully thought I read the whole bible because we had a kids version when we were younger and I read it all and it was still quite hefty for a kids book today and I was like yeah I read it and then I literally found out years later when it was probably an embarrassing age that I hadn't read it all and that wasn't the bible. Let me see if there's any big questions about time. Well this is what I was trying to google but it actually didn't nothing came up really well maybe I just didn't search for it properly oh and also another thing i've been thinking about time yeah is that okay so say with body clocks and with teenagers it's our body clocks operate differently to say other age groups and i i think i was saying about this to you before ella that as we enter our teenage years and get older until we reach 20 is the pinnacle like that's when we'll sleep in the latest, apparently, when we're 20. And then we start getting better at getting up early as we go on. But 
if our bodies are literally wired to a different body clock than other groups, but then we still have to follow the same hours in a day, how does that work? That's actually so trippy to think about. I don't know. Yeah, because it, it's also weird because you can you can force your body clock to change and adjust as well. Mm. Getting into different habits, you can change yeah. your body clock. But it also it doesn't make sense that the normal times of the day as such are regulated for every single person ever. But then, like you say, body clocks are different. Why is that fair? I guess it does make it simpler for just general ticking over all the days and I don't really know as you say it's simple that we all follow the same thing the only time when I think it should be different is with schools well in primary school you always wake up early right but then when you get to secondary school and sixth form and uni this is thing I didn't even realize it was scientific because people would say oh like teenagers sleep in ages blah blah blah. but I didn't know that it was genuinely how our body functions yeah there's science behind it so why force us to get up at 9 a.m so why did we have to go into school so early like in secondary school? I am so glad that I moved closer to secondary school in, when was it? I can't remember, a couple of years before the end. Because, oh my God, I don't know how I would have gotten up that early. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I'm so glad that in a way that we've had junior online this year because I've realised I literally could not get up early enough to go in. Like if I got stuff at half nine. But yeah, I don't understand. Even if they just pushed it back another half hour, surely that'd be better because we'd be more productive. It just doesn't do us. Because also, not that I'm a scientist by any means, but it was saying in this research I read that you can get some kind of jet lag from forcing yourself to follow the normal daily pattern that isn't suited to your body. So it could make you even more tired. So we're probably... Well, I don't know, I'm just guessing at this point, but we're probably getting more tired from having to get up early. That's not exactly promising. It's like, yes, force yourself to fit into this time structure so that you make yourself more tired and it's harder for you to do work because we're not yeah. listening to science. We're just going to do what's easiest for us. Oh, I don't know. It's so I, weird. I feel really bad if I get up late. Well, say I feel like I should be doing a nine to five day, get my uni work done. But I just find it so hard to get up at that time. But I still, I don't go to sleep that late because I think, oh, I should get up early. So I kind of get up late and then I don't make up the hours. I I don't know. I just feel like we're expected to work at a certain time, which doesn't match up to us. And I don't know, it's just really, like, I don't know how to navigate it. And I'm just tired. <laughs> I feel like I've never thought of it as acceptable, say, to start my working day at 11, which, like, to be fair, I sit down and do work at 11. Because we're always told that that's half the day gone. Yeah. But actually, when you think about it, say you nine to five, okay, you work like seven hours, mm-hmm. and then you probably wouldn't go to sleep until 10, 11 ish. Well, to, between five and 11 in the evening, that's another six hours of your day. Yeah. That you can, okay, I'm not saying do work from 5 pm until 11 pm. Well, I literally I don't do any more work though after the normal working day ends so <laughs> I'm not enough but it's between the time five until like 11 when I guess maybe the average person goes to sleep there's an entire working day in there as well so it mm. seems weird that they would force you to do all the working yeah. stuff earlier yeah. when there's still I don't I don't really know what's getting with that no but because I was talking to my mum because when we had all that time off, say, last April-ish or May, June. 
And I ended up, I would be reading really late at night just for fun, not for uni. Or I'd end up watching some shows and I'd get up late. And originally I felt bad about it and I thought, oh, I don't know. But then I thought, well, what's the difference between me getting up at night and doing stuff for my day and then watching shows and going to sleep at like 11 instead of like getting up three hours later and watching shows three, like I don't know, until 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, Fact anyone does it so don't get why that's not more normalized not that it's the biggest problem in the world but i don't know it's just something to think about but you know what's actually scary is that i know a hefty chunk of a-level psychology because Abs, my sister did it and oh my god she had flashcards everywhere around the house there was so much for her to learn and i just remember say she'd literally be in the shower and there'd be someone on the bathroom door and she's like come in, come in the bathroom and read these out to me and test me on them or we'd be downstairs be eating cereal and she'd be like right test me on them in the cupboard i was like oh, here you go so i literally know so much and she was saying i remember her telling me about all these different experiments and they were messing up animals body clocks and sending them out at the wrong times of day like with the light in that yeah. I don't know how it all went down and the squirrels died because they weren't used to being outside at that time or like they just couldn't function on that body clock or I don't know something like that I'm absolutely butchering it and apparently people who were night shifts are more likely to be ill I'm not sure I don't know I'm going into tentative territory now but so I thought oh, I get the gist there's me giving put my two pence in on a level psychology <laughs> yeah it, it does make sense though because they always tell you oh you've got to listen to your body do what your body yeah. wants well if your body tells you that wake up at 11 go to sleep at 2am why does our body tell us to do that like that's so random I don't know, it's weird, but if you look at a load of teenagers, say you were to survey a whole group of six formers, mm. they would probably all have very similar times when they went to sleep and times when they woke up on, say, a non-school day. Mm. And it would probably be closer to the going to sleep in the early hours, waking up late morning. Mm. If you were to, I don't know, survey primary school children, they would all have very similar body clocks of waking up really early, going to sleep really early. And I think as children, there's these groups of, like we're saying, different sleeping and waking patterns. But I think as you get to adults, it changes more because I don't, I don't, I don't know the science behind any of this. I'm just making this all up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether as adult, you choose yourself what suits your lifestyle best mm-hmm. with that, or, or are you just forced into it because of what job or whatever? In this article I was reading, it was saying that after 20, you start, if, imagine the bar chart of normal sleeping times here. And Oh, this is really hard to explain because I realise people can't see what I'm doing. But start at the bottom of normal sleeping times. And then just imagine it looks like a hill. Okay. And as you go up the bar, that's the non-normal, I'm putting like normal in quotation marks. But you go progressively sleeping at an unconventional time as you're you are in your teenage years until 20 and then when you get to 20 and you start to go back more towards sleeping okay it's time so it was saying this article say when you're in your 60s or something then you wake up at the time that you did when you were six something like that I don't know but also it did say that there's a lot of science behind there are people who naturally find it easy to wake up early compared to others 
and they're more likely to be successful in their jobs and get money because they would naturally wake up at that time compared to other people who'd set their alarms so that's great because I definitely do not naturally wake up early I know it now turns out the whole if you're a morning person or a night person will affect your entire career and it's so weird because there must be for science thinking back to ideas of instincts and cavemen did they have the same kind of pattern in their sleeping or has it evolved over time I don't know I'm just throwing out random questions because of course Back in the day, people didn't live till 80. They lived till 30. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just asking loads of questions that don't have answers and saying uncomplete thoughts out loud. Well, because it's hard to have coherent thoughts because it's not a coherent topic. You can't... Well, we've tried to box off life into time and pin it down, but then that's still really... Like, we can mess with time if we want, if that makes sense. So, yeah, we could literally say that right now is a different a different yeah. amount of time. It's not ten past five no. on a Wednesday. No, it's three past six on a Sunday. <laughs> but the whole idea of say time flies when you're having fun, or when you or some days when you think, oh, today really feels like a Friday, and it's just strange how how you can feel time differently yeah because like we said time is made to i don't know i don't even know what it's made to measure (laughs) i don't know but i don't i I don't know where that was going time is just time is weird man it's it's regular but but not yeah and we as people have made it a thing in order to i think to help help us understand things more because mm-hmm. as people people do not like disorder or like oh, yeah, chaos or the unknown which is why we we try and make sense of everything yeah. but thinking back to my chemistry a level oh i can't remember the exact the exact what it was but there's something to do with chemicals love disorder and chaos the more erratic and out there and not in any kind of pattern or coherent anything these little chemicals and atoms and whatever I, I'm butchering this really sorry <laughs> to my chemistry teacher but the more that that happens the better chance of reactions and things like it all works better if everything's completely mad and with no order which seems really really opposite to the fact that people love order and it's always seemed weird to me that scientists always turn to maths and equations and everything to try and figure out things in numerical terms when I I don't think everything can be figured out like that I don't know that's just my weird view that I'm not really articulating very well because I'm not a scientist or a mathematician I mean we picked up quite scientific theme like I saw about psychology and chemistry and yeah we do English so well done as we get through this episode yeah and well done to everyone listening for getting through us just (laughs) jabbering about stuff we don't know and don't understand if you understand please let us know (laughs) I'd love to be educated I'd love having deep chats like this though like these are the chats you have at 2am what is going on in the world why are we here and these are the kind of times where I wish I was a physicist. I wish I knew all this stuff because I'm sure there's, some, there's something weird with time in space as well. I think it acts 
well time does act differently in space do you ever remember hearing about the twin was it called the twin paradox the twin something where say you had one you had a pair of twins you left one on earth you sent the other one up to the moon and back they'd come back different ages i can't remember which way round it is whether whether the twin that comes back from space is older or younger i'll have to look it up but they'd be different ages which is mind-blowing and i there is some science behind it but i cannot for the life of me remember right now but that's the thing time acts differently in space this is too much for me (laughs) which is why interstellar deal interstellar deals with space and time and they do some weird Mm -hmm. slingshotty thing or something which is another weird mind-bending christopher nolan time film if you want to watch that it's Mm -hmm. good well i can't remember which one it was if it was interstellar or gravity because i feel like they came out at similar times but one of them's really boring so i want to avoid that one but i don't know which one it is um, whose interstellar has mud? No, sorry, not Did have Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, him. <laughs> it's got him and Anne Hathaway in it. Sandra Bullock's in the other one, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Gravity. Gravity. I've only seen it once, but it gave me really bad headaches because they're like continuously spinning and it's all oh, no. all over the place. Oh, I'm not entirely sure how much more theoretical science my brain can take. <laughs> I should probably do more research into this kind of stuff before we next have a big discussion like this so I can actually back up what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, in that case, then we'll do blonde moments. Yay! Okay, I've you... actually prepared this week. I prepared as well. Look at us. Yeah. We are telepathic in sync. Would you like to go first? Okay, okay. So, my blonde moment this week goes to Anya Taylor Joy who won a Golden Globe yeah. Best Actress in a series this week. And she also looked flawless in her, in her really cool green dress. So it goes to her because she's only like 23 or 4 or something, and she's won mm-hmm. a Golden Globe, so I'm pretty sure she's one of the youngest women. And also she was really, really good in The Queen's Gambit, so well-deserved Golden Globe for her. Also, I don't know why you're so excited at the Golden Globes and the Oscars and the BAFTAs. I love it. When the nominations come out, I'm scrolling through the list. I cannot wait. Oh my, do you know why I don't understand? Why can't we watch the Oscars here? I had to watch this random thing on Facebook a couple of years ago, some sort of entertainment people streaming it. It's it's so, so weird. Fun. They should show them. I don't know why they don't they don't show it. I love it. It seems like Award shows, even though they're always televised, it's really hard to watch them in the UK unless there's something like the BAFTAs or the Brits. I love the BAFTAs. Oh my god. I don't mind watching national television awards as well. Do quite like that. Yeah. But my blonde moment goes to Sarah Hadland because I love Miranda so much. I literally watch it all the time. It's been my most watched thing. And she's so funny in it. I love her falling off her stool, her singing head of all. <laughs> she is so good. Big up to Sarah slash Stevie. Yes, love that a lot. Next week is actually a mystery to us. So we can't tell you what to expect. We'll be having a good natter as always. So Hopefully less confusing than this week. Oh yeah, it will 100% be less confusing. We'll have to do something that is just completely the opposite to counteract it so we shall see (laughs) thanks for listening to tea o'clock with keller see you next time